Hello and welcome to Super Great Kids Stories, wise tales from around the world which will make you laugh and sometimes cry. Recommended for ages 5 to 105. I'm Kim and I love stories. Hello Super Great Kids and how are you? I'm happy because Super Great Kids has won a little prize which makes David and I all skippity-hoppity and rather pleased. And we have a summary story today from a country called Papua New Guinea, which is told by Kate Corkery. Papua New Guinea is an island country north of Australia. There are over 850 languages spoken there. It has a very large rainforest and the world's most poisonous bird lives there. It's called the hooded pitahui, and it's black and orange. I wonder if you can have a think about how many different types of brightly coloured birds you know, while we have a quick word with the grown-ups. Hello, super great kids. I'm back. I wonder how many colourful birds you thought of. Here's just a few. Kingfishers, parrots, peacocks, toucans, hummingbirds, cardinals, flamingos, fairy wrens and mandarin ducks. And now it's time for our story told by Kate Corkery. The story theme at the moment is birds. And the bird in this story is a crow. It has black, shiny feathers. Are you ready? Mouth open, story, jump out. Here's Kate. Once, when the world was very young, some animals were still figuring out where to live, what foods to eat, how best to survive. Birds were stretching out their wings to fly in the air. Fish were fanning out their fins to swim in the water. Other animals were learning to uh, slither, crawl, hop, jump, gallop or walk along the land. On a bright sunny morning off the sparkling coast of Papua New Guinea in the South Pacific Ocean, a little turtle called Tina Turtle, who had been swimming fairly well in the sea, popped her head above the surface and <laughs> sniffed the air. Mm. It smelt sweet. She had heard that there were tasty things to eat on land that you couldn't get in the sea. Her older brothers, who had already swum off ahead of her into the deeper waters, had been boasting of things they had caught on land from time to time. They described all kinds of colourful fruits, and she really wanted to try some for herself. Today was the day for her first big adventure. Tina watched the white foamy waves wash up on the sandy beach and crash into the shore she looked up at the blue sky with the sun shining down over friendly palm trees who seemed to be waving at her as if welcoming her ashore 
friendly seagulls call from the sky. Ah, ah, ah. These new sights and sounds and smells were very enticing. So little Tina Turtle was tempted to leave the water and to take her first steps on land. She glided effortlessly up onto the beach and tried to make her way ashore. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Uh, the hot sand and the little sharp stones were ooh, ooh, very uncomfortable. Her legs were not used to walking. But soon, Tina found her own way of flipping and flapping and flopping up along the beach. She made her way, flipping, flapping, flopping, wriggling, squiggling, tiggling along the softer sands up towards the trees. The sweet smell got stronger. Tina looked up and saw round, hard things growing under the high branches of the tall, tall trees. Ooh. They smelt nice, but Tina could not climb trees that high. In fact, she could not climb at all. Anyway, those fruits looked very hard, and Tina thought they would be impossible for her to eat. I wonder if you can guess what they were. I think they were coconuts, do you? Mm-hmm. Anyway, she didn't bother with them. She shuffled along a bit further and saw shorter trees weighed down with clusters of curved yellow, yellow and green things, a bit like fingers. She found a stick and managed to prod and poke and poke and prod at the tree until a bunch of these sweet-smelling fruits dropped to the ground. Oh, she picked up one. She broke off one fruit. Mm, she sniffed it. Mm, she licked it. Mm. She bit into her first, her very first ripe yellow banana. Mmm, delicious. Yum, 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 yum. Oh, Tina loved these long yellow fruits, and she loved them so much that she ate one and two and three and four and five bananas before she stopped to even think what she was doing. Tina was so happy there on the beach with the breeze blowing in from the sea. She was wrapped up in her own happy world. But all of a sudden, she heard an angry ah, 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 squawking overhead. A giant crow swooped down with outstretched talons and flapped his wide black wings. Ah, ah, ah. He called in a rasping voice. He glared at Tina Turtle with his piercing white eyes and pecked at her with his strong, straight beak. Steal my bananas, would you steal my bananas, you little thief? All the bananas on this beach are mine. I am Binama the Crow. The bananas are for me and my children. They are not for sneaky, snithery creatures like you to creep up and steal. What are you anyway? Are you a lizard? Are you a snake? Are you a sea slug? No, I'm, I, I'm just a turtle. I didn't know that all the bananas belonged to you. It's the first time I've tasted them, and I wish my friends could taste some too. They're so delicious. Call your friends to eat me out of house and home, would you? I'll teach you and all your thieving friends a lesson. Today will be the first time that me and my family will taste something new. 
turtle stew, cause that's what will become of you. Ka, ka, ka. Let this be a lesson to all who come here to steal. I'm going to tie you to that tree while I fly off for more ingredients to make you into a tasty meal. Binua, the Papuan crow, straight away picked up a piece of rope and tied Tina Turtle to the tree. Ow! Ah! Ka, ka, ka! called the crow. Little chicks, little chicks, wake up! Ka, ka, ka! Little chicks, little chicks, come down from the nest. I have a job for you. Tina was tied to the tree, but she could hear twittering and tweeting overhead. Soon she saw six little chicks climb out of their nest and make their way down to the bottom of the tree. They stood around Tina Turtle, blinking their eyes in amazement. <gasps> tree, 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 tree. Who did, who did Papa Crow tie to the tree? Tree, 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 tree. We've never seen such a thing before. Tree, tree, tree. She looks funny. Tree, 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 tree. She has no feathers. Tree, tree. She has no fins. Tree, tree. She has no fluff. No fur. Just flippy, floppy feet and rubbery, rubbery skin and a very bald head. Ah! Oh. Guard this creature until I get back, ordered Binema. Tonight we'll taste our first turtle supper. I'll go and get some tasty ingredients to make a nice sauce. Benema the crow stretched out his wide black wings and flew inland towards the fields. The little chicks sat round the tree in a circle, blinking their big eyes and twittering. Oh, we've never eaten turtle stew before. We usually eat little worms and insects and snails. I'm sure you'll be very tasty. <laughs> oh no, little chicks. I'm not tasty at all. I'm all tough and, and rubbery and, and hard to swallow. I taste quite bitter, really, and very salty. Oh, I'm not good to eat at all, but I'm good at other things. What are you good at? asked the chicks. I'm good at playing games. I can teach you a fun game while you're waiting for your Papa Crow to return. We love playing games. We love playing games. <laughs> What's the game called? Um, my game is called Hide and Seek. How do we play it? How do we play it? Oh, it's very easy. I just close my eyes and count to a number and you all hide anywhere you can. Uh, then I call out, ready or not, here I come. And I open my eyes and try to find you. That's a great game, that's a great game. Let's play that game. What number will you count to? Um, oh, I'll, I'll count to 20. As Tina slowly counted to 20, the little chicks tried to find places to hide. One, two, three, four, five. They were not very good. Six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Some stuck their heads in the sand, but their tails were still sticking up. Eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen. Others hid behind a rock, but their beaks were peeping out. Seventeen, eighteen, nineteen, twenty. Some stood still and covered their eyes with their wings and thought they were invisible. Ready or not, here I come. 
It was easy for Tina to call out where each one was. One after the other, they were found. But they laughed and laughed. They loved the game and wanted to play again. Again, again, they said again, again. Next time we play it, it will be my turn to hide when you close your eyes. First, you must untie me from this tree so I can look around for somewhere new to hide. The little chicks, with their little beaks, eagerly untied the rope. So Tina was free to move. Then they covered their eyes with their little fluffy wings as they giggled and recited together their own version of counting. Um, one, two, butter, butter, three, four, lock at the door, five, six, pick up sticks, seven, eight, ring at the gate, nine, ten, begin again. Um, one, two, skip a few, ninety-nine, one hundred, ready or not, here we come. Tina flipped and flopped and wriggled her way over the hot sand. She found a round, empty shell on the shore that she could just about fit under. She pulled her head in and tucked up her legs and stayed very, very still. The little chicks went searching and searching all over the beach but couldn't find her. Even though they passed her many times, they did not find her tucked under the shell and never thought to look there. When Binima the crow returned with onions, garlic, bay leaf, chilli, peanut oil and lemons ready to make a tasty turtle marinade. He was angry to see that his main ingredient was gone from the tree. Where's that turtle I tied up for supper? We can't find her anywhere, said the chicks. We were playing hide and seek and she disappeared. Tweet, tweet, tweet. We couldn't find her. Tweet, tweet, tweet. She's all gone. All gone. Benema, the crow was angry to hear that his little chicks had been tricked by Tina Turtle. He searched for her too, but she was nowhere to be found. She seemed to have vanished into thin air. They had to go to bed with only sauce for supper. That night, when the moon was high in the sky, and Papa Crow Binima sat in his nest with his sleeping chicks huddled together, he did not notice something moving slowly down on the strand. Tina, under the cover of darkness, quietly and carefully stretched out her legs out from under the shell and made her way to the water's edge. She was so relieved to get back to the safety of the sea and she couldn't wait to get home and tell all her family of her adventures on land. She swam eagerly out into the deep water, still with the shell attached to her back. When she tried to shake it off, it would not move. It seemed to be stuck fast to her body. She swam all night looking for her brothers, and soon she forgot about the shell. It seemed to become part of her. It didn't feel heavy at all in the water, and it suited her. It had pretty colours. By next morning, when her brothers saw her, they were amazed at her wonderful new look. Ooh, that shell really suits you, Tina. It's like you have a house to stay in wherever you go, and no one can hurt you. Wow, I want one of those. Yes, said Tina. All turtles should have shells on their backs from now on. And that's what happened. All turtles decided to wear shells. Some turtles went ashore and chose to stay on land. They became land tortoises. Others came and went to sea. They remained turtles. 
who only came ashore to lay their eggs. All of them still carry shells on their backs, and whenever they feel frightened, they pull in their head and their legs and their tail, and they stay very, very still until it's safe to come out again. Snap, snout, the story is out. Oh, thank you, Kate, for that story. Did you know that a group of crows is called a murder of crows? And that they're really clever. They're pretty noisy, too. Caw, caw, caw. Now... Here's a reminder about our first ever world premiere live show on Sunday the 9th of October at the Irish Cultural Centre in Hammersmith in London. You'll hear super great storytellers, Toop, Kate Corkery and me, Kim, performing some of your favourite podcast stories along with our live super great kids stories band. Tickets go on sale from today, August the 5th. The show's on the 9th of October 2022 at the Irish Cultural Centre in Hammersmith in London. For more details, go to www.irishculturalcentre.co.uk and click on What's On and then Info and Tickets. We can't wait to meet you. It's time now for me to dig deep into my bag of happies and say some thank yous. First... I'd like to say a very big thank you to all our subscribers. You're helping us to keep making this podcast. Thanks to all our Patreon and Apple subscribers. Hello and thank you to new Patreon subscribers, Kate and Dor and Torin and Jane. And thank you to Chippy, who is four, from Montana for your Kofi donation. If you're an Apple subscriber and you'd like a mention, do let us know. If you'd like to give a one-off donation or any amount on Ko-fi or subscribe to our podcast on Patreon and get bonus stories, early access and advert-free, then go to our website on supergreatkidstories.com or to subscribe on Apple, go to Apple Podcasts. And thank you for your really kind reviews to M. Magby in the United States and Leo and his brother in the UK and to sisters Innes and Anya in Queensland, Australia. Thank you for your reviews. And thanks to June, who has just turned four from Alexandria in Virginia, for a wonderful little story, plus a very convincing rendition of the sick tune and a very effective impersonation of me. Thanks for sharing that, June. You could start your very own podcast. And thanks to Cohen, who has just turned five, whose favourite story is the three wishes, or as he calls it, sausage nose. Cohen really likes the sausage nose voice. Keep telling your stories, Cohen. Now, you've all been drawing and sending just splendid pictures of our stories to share on our Facebook page. So, here's some thank yous to super great kids who've sent in pictures recently. 
Five-year-old Emir has drawn a really cool picture of the story from Zanzibar, Adi and the Zimwi. What a fabulous and imaginative picture of the Zimwi, at night, staring up at the moon. I can see you've listened to the story very carefully, Emir. Thank you, and hello to Ellis. And Matteo, who is seven, and Sabina, who is four, from Berkeley in California, have listened to all the super great kids' stories. Matteo has drawn a picture of Baba Yaga, the Russian witch's hut. It's very scary, standing on its spindly chicken legs and sitting on the roof, it has black geese with red eyes who are watching and waiting. <gasps> Thanks, Matteo. It's a scary and exciting story, isn't it? And Freya from Santa Cruz has sent two really marvellous pictures. One of the fish and the star and the other of Baba Yaga and Masha the Clever. You've drawn a magical fish with its long fins and tail which streams out behind it. And I love the way it has a shadowy image down below as if it belongs both in the sky and in the water. It's a very good story, isn't it? And in your Russian witch picture, I like the bee for Baba Yaga on the door and the black wiggles in the sky which look like wind. And the way Masha the Clever is bending down so you can tell she's been kind to the little cat. Such talent, Freya. Thanks for sharing it with us. And Maya from the Philippines, who is six, has drawn a super great picture of the story Addy and the Zimwi from Zanzibar in East Africa. I love your imaginatively drawn Zimwi, all big and red with his mean-looking eyebrows and big horns and ears. And I love the African-style patterns you've drawn on the drum. Thank you, Maya. It's super great. And Eve, who is five, from Benderloch in Scotland, has drawn a brilliant Baba Yaga peering out of her cauldron with swirly-whirlies in the sky all around her. Very distinctive. It makes it all look so magical. And I rather like Vasilisa's long, curly hair and Vasilisa's little doll with the blue hat. Your pictures have such a happy feel, even though Baba Yaga isn't a particularly nice character. Thank you. I'm glad you like Baba Yaga. And ten-year-old Arthur has drawn a completely brilliant picture of the Greek myth, the Minotaur. This is super great, Arthur. You've captured the Minotaur so well. I love his muscles, which you've drawn so carefully, and his monster-type legs with hooves for feet. And I really like the posture he's making, as if he thinks he can rule the world. Just super great. Thanks so much. And five-year-old Heidi in Midhurst in the UK has drawn a very energetic picture of Baba Yaga and her hut. Heidi, I really like all your lightning flashes, which make everything very dramatic. And thanks for all the hearts. I'm glad you're a fan of super great kids' stories. And eight-year-old Ella from Sisters in Oregon has sent a wonderful picture of Baba Yaga. Thanks so much, Ella. I really like all the details you've included in the picture, like the creepy tree and Vasilisa clutching her little doll and the fence of skulls and the very red roof on her hut. Very neat labelling, too. I could go on and on. It's so good. A super great picture for a super scary story. Thanks very much. And Max, who is six from Los Angeles, has drawn a scary picture of Theseus and the Minotaur. 
Thanks so much for sending us your monster in the maze picture, Max. I really like the way you've drawn the maze and shown the path which Theseus took with the luminous string glowing to show him the way back. Your monster is quite terrifying. Great writing too. That's it for this week. If you'd like to see these pictures, they're all on our Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash stories. Thanks to all our subscribers for making this episode possible. Keep making up your versions of these stories and telling them to anyone who will listen. I'll see you soon. This podcast was produced at Wardour Studios in London. <laughs>